Welcome to another message from Bridge Assembly, located at 725 Granite Avenue in Helena, Montana. For more information on Bridge, go to our website at bridgehelena.com. It is our prayer that this message will help you to connect with God, connect with others, and connect others with God. Heavenly Father, Lord, help us all to remember it's all about you. It's always about you. Lord God, it's not about a sound system. It's not even about a guitar that's in tune or not. Lord God, it's about you. So in our hearts, Lord God, help us to to worship you in, in spirit and in truth. That's what this is all about, Lord. It's about worshiping you in spirit and in truth and not seeking an entertaining factor or, or making everything about us. I have to have it this way or that to be able to worship. Lord God, help us to get beyond that mindset and simply focus on you. Lord God, there's worship going on all around this world this morning in third world nations that that don't have the benefit of of what we have and yet there is worship and there's worship going on in places that have technology that is far beyond ours and there's still worship going on so Lord God thank you for the reminder that it's all about you and that we are to be in awe of you help our hearts to have that attitude lord god jesus we pray this morning that that you can open up our brains lord god and open up our hearts that we may receive what you have for each one of us lord because we know it's a bountiful amazing thing so lord god we have an anticipation and we have an expectancy and we have an excitement this morning and we know that you're a faithful God, that if we, if we approach you in such a manner, Lord God, you will never, ever disappoint us. So Lord God, move us into the place we need to be to accept what you have for us. Lord God, I believe you're going to confirm some things in some people's lives today. Lord God, I, I believe you're going to confront some things in people's lives today. Convict. Lord God, you're going to change some things in our lives today that's our expectancy that's what we should come to church every sunday expecting because lord god it is all about you so jesus this morning in our words in our worship however that may look lord be glorified because you are the only one that is worthy jesus you are the only one that is worthy. We pray all of this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our personal Lord and Savior. And everyone shout it out. Shout it out. Amen. You guys can be seated. That was so interesting, wasn't it? Gosh, God is so faithful. and I actually wouldn't trade that what happened this morning for nothing because it helps us and it helps to grow us and Things like that. So, kids, we're going to, yeah, they were ready. They were on their feet. You guys get on out of here. Go downstairs. Going to be awesome. Got kids all over the place this morning. Good stuff. Adults, see how excited they are? 
We need to learn from that. And that actually, it's so funny. You're going you're gonna to be like, he planned that and I didn't plan it. It's the part of my message. You're going to be like, wow, that, uh, that makes sense. We need to take an example from these kids and, and all kids with that excitement. And Man, they just flow with it, right? Those kids, they were even clapping and it wasn't always on beat. And you know what? They didn't care. And I didn't care because I don't know what on beat is. I'm never on beat. So it's awesome. What a great thing. We got a couple quick announcements. Well, I'm just going to run through the main announcement today. We have last Sundays is today. So we eat after service. So if you didn't know, if you didn't come prepared, it doesn't matter because we're going to have so much food left over. It's ridiculous. So please stay. Um, it's a great time to just connect, just to hang out, just to have fun. Um, that's right after the service. And then right after that, we have our annual business meeting. Yay for the annual business meeting. Yay. Our annual business meetings are good. They're, they're, they're low key. They're relaxed. It's, it's, uh, I was talking to somebody and I said, you know, it's great to have business meetings like this because we're not, we're not a church or a body that's in chaos or anything. We're, we're really a unified body. So it makes the business meetings pretty easy, right? Um, I got a call from a friend from Kansas and they were telling me about their last business meeting you know, a couple Sundays ago and they're like, oh my gosh, it was crazy. People were arguing, nobody was agreeing. People were trying to bring up business and others were saying, no, that's, that's not how we do things. And it was a complete mess and I'm thinking, oh gosh, I wouldn't want to be there. I want to be here where we can talk about whole. Well, come and see what we can talk about today. Amen. It'll be a good time. So we're gonna we're gonna go through this message. It's an exciting message. It's a good message. It's a message that is gonna get you thinking. And then we're just gonna have some altar time. And then we're gonna go downstairs and we're gonna eat. And we're gonna eat some more. And then when we can't eat anymore, we're gonna hit the dessert table. And we're going to eat some desserts, and then we're going to come up here, and we're going to be all relaxed, and, and we're going to go through our business meeting, which isn't going to take very long, I don't think, because all you guys are going to be tired because of all the desserts you just ate. And, uh, and that's what we're going to do. But we're going to love on each other today. We're going to just praise God. We're going to look to Him. Amen? Four ways to give, like always, um, online, bridgehelena.com. Text, text it to 84321. You can use our trusty, faithful, good old giving boxes, or you can mail it to 725 Granite Avenue. We always want to give you all of those options because we believe in what the Bible says. We believe the principles of the Bible. We believe that if, if you employ those principles, then, uh, then that, that, that just flows through your life. You, just, you get into this, this groove with God, and it's just awesome. And yes, our finances and our, our willingness to give is definitely part of that. Our willingness to serve, to be a part of the body, that's part of it too. So uh, please, if you've never tried giving before, try it. If you're a faithful giver, thank you. Um, but you know exactly what I am talking about. All right, let's pray, and we'll get started on this message. Father, once again, we, we come to you, Lord God. Once again, we look to you, Lord God, again in anticipation of what you have for that for us today. Help us, Lord God, to quiet everything. 
Quiet everything that's outside of right now. Lord God, all those distractions, all those voices, all those worries and all those concerns, Lord God, help us to just stick those in a box for right now and file them away and maybe, maybe help us to, to realize that a lot of those worries and anxieties, Lord God, we don't even need those. But Lord God, right now, help us to calm ourselves, to prepare ourselves. Lord God, we look to you. We want to receive what you have for us. Holy Spirit, help me to speak what you have for me to speak. And Lord God, if it's not from you, Lord God, throw it away. Let me sing out like the little ones, Lord God. Not, not, not worrying about how it will be received, because if it's from you, Lord God, it's necessary. So Lord God, that's what we look for today. Lord, like I always pray, Holy Spirit, don't let anybody walk out of here. Walk out of these doors the same way that they walked in. Because Lord God, we know you desire to change us. And we know we need to align ourselves with you and to allow that change. So Lord God, spark that within each one of us. Jesus, we glorify you and we shout out the name of Jesus over this body, over this congregation, over this community, over this town, over this nation, over this world, because there is no name like the name of Jesus. What a powerful name it is. We pray in that very name of Jesus. And everyone shout it out once more. Amen. Amen. Now I want to say something right off the bat. Yes, we're excited that we get to eat together today. Amen. But ladies, I know there's a lot of ladies that are involved in getting everything ready. Please resist the urge to cut out of here too quickly. God wants you to stay here as long as He wants you here. If God's saying, hey, you need to linger in here and pray a little longer, the food can wait. And we can wait on that. We can wait an extra five or ten minutes. It doesn't really matter. So, so please don't cut out of here too quickly. Um, let God complete what He starts today. Amen? All right, another thing I want to say is to, to me, um, this is one of those messages that's got a lot going on. I'll just warn you right now, there's a lot going on today. So I would encourage you, if you are sitting here and you're going, man, wow, there's, there is a lot here. Go back this week and re-listen to this message, please. Because there is a lot. I have, I have prepared this message and every time I reread it and go back through it, I, I honestly, I get more out of it. And it's like we want to, we want to milk it for all it's worth, right? We want to get as much out of it as we can. So if we need to, for this message and any other message, you can always find our messages online. You can get to them through Facebook or through YouTube. It's super easy. I would encourage you to do that. Now let me ask you this. How many of you today feel alive? I mean like really alive. Not like, not like, yeah, I think I feel, I feel that. I think I feel alive. Or, 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 or not like, oh man, with the aches and pains in my body, I feel, I feel like I know I'm alive. And think, no, I'm talking about, do you feel alive? Like, do you feel like, man, I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I'm raring to go. Life is right there. I can grab hold of it. Man, Jesus is so real to me. I want to feel alive. Do I feel alive? Do I feel alive? I will be the first to admit that it's quite easy to fall into this trap of simply going through the motions. You guys know what I mean? 
You guys know exactly what I mean, don't you? We have our schedules. We have our routines. We have our busyness. And we have our limited outlook. Our world becomes very small. And it becomes very orderly to a large extent. And we can find ourselves, I guess, just existing day to day, week to week. And and then all of a sudden we realize we're existing just year to year. Wow, another year has gone by. How can it be 2023? It's just things are happening. Time's moving so fast. I feel like I'm just caught in the hamster wheel of of time and schedule and busyness. Now, Now, sure... Sure, we have momentary times of excitement and anticipation. We always, always are, are thankful that we can look forward to some things, right? Hey, I'm going on vacation in two weeks. I can focus on that. And, and that brings me excitement and I can look forward to that. But then when vacation is over, we fall right back into our normal routines. But I wonder, even though we can look forward to those things, is that the extent to which we should be looking forward. And is our Christian life, honestly, is our Christian life that much different? This one's a hard one, man. This this one's a painful one. It's like church. Church every... Okay, church most Sundays. I go to church most Sundays. And I come in, I, I grab a coffee, four, four worship songs, maybe five worship songs, a message, and then we're done. And, and then I can go eat lunch, and then I'm ready for Monday. Throughout the week, maybe I have a, a Bible reading plan that I, that I kind of get through, and, and then I check that box off because I, I, I did that day of my, my Bible reading. Spend some time in prayer, maybe. If I have time, if I remember, possibly a small group during a week, and then it's time for church again. See, the seasons change from winter to spring to summer to fall, but how much do I actually change? How much do I really grow in my faith? See, these are honest and fair questions to ask ourselves, I think. I think they're healthy. I think they're important. Could, could we all agree that apathy is truly a dismal place to be when people find themselves stuck in apathy? See, we can define apathy as a lack of interest, enthusiasm, or concern. Just have no interest in it. Just have no enthusiasm. Just don't really concerned about anything. You're apathetic. The thing about apathy, though, is, is it doesn't happen overnight. Rather, apathy results from complacency. And complacency springs from indifference. Indifference comes from a general lack of interaction. And if we're talking about our faith, which we are talking about our faith, that general lack of interaction is a lack of interaction with Christ Himself as well as His body, His church, the congregation, other believers. This matters, and this is important because our faith in Jesus is based on our interaction with Him. So I I guess the question has to become, do you feel alive in the hope of Christ. How does that look? 
And how is that expressed in each one of your lives? Let's take a look at Ephesians chapter 2 to kind of, kind of get some insight on this. This is Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. And you are dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. See, I look at a passage like this, and there's a lot in there. And you can get stuck on a passage like this. But I look at a passage like this and I say, hey, this is a before passage, right? This is one of those before passages. This testifies and reminds us of how we were before we came to Christ. See, we were once dead. Flip that slide. It'll say we were once dead. Right there. We were once dead. See, in faith, the one step beyond apathy is being spiritually dead. And that's what this passage is about. It's, it's not we weren't physically dead. If we were physically dead, I'm not sure that, that we're carrying what anything says. We're talking about, Paul is talking about us being spiritually dead. And if we look at this passage, it, it really paints a picture of chaos. Life was a churning of sin and passion and disobedience. We were chasing our tail for the irrelevant temporal things of this world. Selfishly making everything about us, unaware and un unmindful that, that really anything else existed be beyond our limited gaze that is really tainted by death itself. That is who we were. And it is that very life or absence of life that, that is always tempting us, that is always trying to, to pull at us, to entice us back to that. Now, Listen to this. This is Ephesians 2, 4 through, 4 through 10. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages He might show the immeasurable riches of His grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in, his, in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. See, this is the after verse, right? The before verse is all about us being dead, being trapped in that sin. But the after verse, it's the verse that's about us being saved through Christ by grace. Not on our own works, 
but because of the gift that he gave us. Now, if I read this, I can look at this and think, man, nothing right there sounds very routine, does it? It doesn't sound like a normal life. It sounds like something that is far beyond our everyday, ordinary, unremarkable, accepted standard that so many Christians have accepted for themselves. Don't accept that standard. Don't accept that life is normal and routine. It's so much more. We read the Word, the Word of God, and it testifies to that. So, so we go back to our, our, our question. Do you feel alive in the hope of Christ? Now whether you can enthusiastically say, yes, I do, to this question, or honestly say, not really. Or simply say, I wouldn't even know what that looks like. I want to invite you to, to walk through some, some scriptures and some principles together this morning so we can, so we can begin to live alive. What do you guys think? You guys want to live alive? See, it all starts with our conscious thinking. Exactly. There's, for too many years, there's too many churches, there's too many Christians, there's too many Christian books that, 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 that unplug. It's like we unplug our brain because it's all a faith thing, right? Just, just turn your brain off and, 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 and just let God do what God wants to do. But it has to start with our conscious thinking. Because our brains are active. They're always in motion. They're always thinking, processing, remembering, rationalizing, or, or resolving. You know, our brain is never idle. Not even when we're sleeping. We have dreams. We, we have things going on even in our sleep. So living a life that is alive in Christ involves our conscious thinking. And how we think about a life in Christ matters. So we can do that differently. See, is it a, is it a Galatians 2.20 type of a thought process? I have been crucified with Christ. That is, in Him I have shared His crucifixion. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith, by adhering to, relying on, and completely trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself to me. Is that, is that the conscious thought process? Or is it more of a convenient thought process, a culturally appropriate thought process, a thought process that, that rationalizes a watered-down, back-burner, when-I-have-time kind of faith? See, how we think about our life in Christ matters because it causes our brain to rank our faith in a place of importance. It's doing it. It's doing it all the time. And if you don't understand that it's doing it, it's probably ranking your faith pretty far down the list. Quite simply, the more we think about Christ, the more we rely on Christ. Because that is a rational determination we make up here in our head. And the more we place Him in the number one position of importance, the more alive we will feel in the hope 
of Christ. It's amazing. It's amazing when we begin to think about God and not go brain dead. Nobody wants to be the brain dead Christian. Christian by name, right? I'm the robotic Christian. Yes, Jesus is my Savior. I don't think about it because He controls my life. That's not how He wants it. Jesus wants you thinking about Him all the time, putting Him in the place of prominence, of priority. But we can never and should never over-intellectualize our faith or relationship with Christ because we are far more than just mind and intellect. Look at Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make straight your paths. See, we are spiritual as well, right? We're not just intellectual. We're spiritual as well. We're not just spiritual. We're also intellectual. And thank God that we are because our mind is easily influenced by our emotions. But our spirit is guided and reliant upon the Holy Spirit. See, our spirit, our spiritual dependence must be engaged and fed on a daily basis. So we don't just think about God in a theologic way. We engage with Him in a spiritual dependence that causes us to feed and to rely on Him on a daily basis. Because, because, and you know this, you guys, you guys know this, when we are weak in the Spirit, our, our conscious thinking or our thought process quickly begins to flirt with and strays back to when we were dead in the transpasses and sins in which we once walked. Anybody know this to be true? Anybody know that when our conscious thinking begins to lose focus of God and begins to focus on the things that we once did, it pulls us in that direction, absolutely, and vice versa happened? Man, we can be in the worst situation. And if our conscious thinking goes to God, a spiritual thing happens and it pulls us in that direction direction. Now, listen closely. Our spiritual dependence has everything to do with our humility. How many of you guys love humility? Not very much because we're proud Americans. Even worse, we're Montanans. It's a, it's a state Man, we pick ourselves up off the ground, pull ourselves up from with our bootstraps. Boy, we don't need help. We can do everything on our own. We'll figure this out. We're pioneers. We will break the land. We will subdue. I will kill an elk and feed my own family. All of those things, I'm independent. Yet our spiritual dependence has everything to do with our humility. And humility has everything to do with Submission. And submission always requires action. And that brings us to the action of spiritual dependence. It all goes together, doesn't it? See, the act of submission or surrender is prompted by the Holy Spirit. But it is governed by our thought process. 
That's called free will. You guys ever wonder what free will is? See, we submit and, and, and we surrender in humility. See, that's the Holy Spirit asking us to do that because without the Holy Spirit, we will never do that because we are sinful mankind, right? So the Holy Spirit intervenes and, and comes to us and says, hey, hey, you got to be humble and you got to submit and you gotta, you got to surrender to Jesus Christ Himself. But this whole thing, this whole process, though my spirit is being pulled in this direction, it's still governed by my thought process, by my free will. And God has created us to be able to decide based on our conscious thinking if in fact we will submit or we will resist. I would bet that there's people in here right now and there's a battle going on in their mind right now and a battle going on in their spirit right now saying, oh, I don't think so. I don't think I don't think it's like that. I'm I'm going to resist. The Holy Spirit speaking to people in here right now, wooing, calling. The Holy Spirit saying, "Come over here. I got to I got to dig up some stuff. I got to open this closet. We got to deal with this situation. We got to do this." And our rational thinking is now making a decision. Will I go there or will I resist? Will I humble myself or will I run? It's happening right now. It's happening in churches all over this world right now. See, as born-again believers, we do this all day long. All day long. Submission is prompted by the Holy Spirit or by Scripture. And this prompt of submission can look all different ways. See, it can, it can look like implementing the fruit of the Spirit into our life, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control into a specific situation or, or, or generally into our overall life, right? That's, that's, a, that's a form of submission because naturally we don't want to do those things. It takes the Holy Spirit to do those things, but it takes our conscious mind to pursue those things. It can look like Grabbing hold of an opportunity that has been placed before you by God Himself to, to share Jesus, to, to help in a situation, to encourage somebody, to give comfort. It can look like relinquishing yourself and fully depending on Christ. Again, generally or in a specific situation. It can look like being prompted to pray. How many of us are prompted to pray? We're in a situation. It's not just in church. We like to say it's just in church. But, but it's in a situation. It could be in your workplace. It could be driving. It could be anywhere. And, and all of a sudden, you're prompted by the Holy Spirit to pray. Hmm. I feel like God's calling me to pray for that situation or for this person or that person. I don't understand it. I feel like the Holy Spirit's calling me to that. But then in my rational thought process, I'm thinking, should I or should I not? Is that really God? Maybe it's not Him. Why would I pray for that person? I'm still mad at that person. I don't want to pray for that person. And, and it's trying to govern what the Holy Spirit is asking you to do. So within your mind... You have to resolve that to be on Christ so that we can follow the prompting of the Holy Spirit. It happens to us in prayer all the time. You know, it can even look like determining 
to come to the altar, this altar right here, when the Holy Spirit is asking you, calling you to come to the altar. These can be some of the hardest steps we take, right? If you've ever been to the altar, it's hard steps. Those are hard until we get there. And then they're beautiful. And then they're wonderful. But though the Spirit calls us, our brain can resist that and hold us. Isn't that crazy? Don't sell your brain short. Don't sell your thought process short. I so wish when we came to Jesus, boy, everything would be great and we would do everything that He wants us to do. But that process of Him changing our thought process takes a long time. It takes effort. It takes our involvement. But do you see that all these acts of submission are governed by our conscious thought process? Look at James 4.7. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. See, determine. Determine within your heart and your mind and be deliberate in the action of submission. As a result of our submission, we are able to resist the devil. And as a result of resisting the devil, he will flee. Where, where does the enemy attack us? the majority of the time. Now, He can attack us in all different places. He can attack our finances. He can attack our health. He can attack our, our, our employment. He can attack all those things. But, but where is it that the enemy attacks us the majority of the time? It's right up here, isn't it? It's in our noggin. It's in our conscious thoughts. So submission in our spirit is vital to keeping our conscious thought process upon God, which in turn affects our devotion and our hunger to live a life of submission to Christ. It all, it all works together in a, in a wonderful way. But we have to understand that we play such a vital role within our own faith. All too often we blame God for our circumstances, don't we? And God's going... Get your thinking right. Submit. Humble yourselves. It's not God's fault. God is not at fault for anything. Absolutely nothing. It's absolute. It's, it's an absolute zero. God's, God's not at fault for anything. So blaming God is kind of silly, isn't it? But we sure don't want to blame ourselves because we're too prideful and we're the victim. And it can't be our fault. Our conscious thinking messes us up. Resist the devil and he will flee. How do we resist the devil? By our submission to Christ. And, and please, please don't take a messed up view of submission here. Yes, there, there does exist in mankind a, a form of forced submission. So, so by law by penalty of punishment or, or maybe it's physical harm or even death, I can be forced to submit to something. This is submission that is against my will. But this is not what we're talking about here. See, 
we are able to submit to God because he loves us. And we freely submit to God because we love him. Humility is the admission that it's not all about us. That we don't know everything. And that we are not as important as we might think. And humility brings a submissive heart, which then changes the way we think and the way we process everyday situations as well as our eternal hope. Proverbs 11.2 When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with the humble is wisdom. What did we talk about last week? Talked about wisdom, didn't he? What wisdom we're pursuing? Is it man's wisdom? Is it God's wisdom? See, when pride comes, we're producing, we're, we're pursuing man's wisdom, and, and in those situations, it, it, disgrace comes. It's the truth of the word. But with the humble, with, with those who are willing to submit, comes wisdom. Where does wisdom take place? Wisdom takes place in our conscious thinking, in our mindset. See, it all goes together so good. We seek God's wisdom to guide us and to guide our thoughts, don't we? And our thoughts then become our desire to surrender. It's just such a complete manner. It just blows my mind how, how complete God's Word is and, 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 and God's creation in itself is. See, God's, God's creation is perfect, but then sin came into this world and tried to disrupt that. And we're in a position where we have to fight every day to, to attain God's order while the chaos and the destruction and the deception of this world is pulling at us every single day. And when we get it both in our head and in our heart, look at, look at what happens. James 4.10 happens. Humble yourselves with an attitude of repentance and insignificance in the presence of the Lord and He will exalt you. He will lift you up. He will give you purpose. Isn't purpose about living a life? Right? Can we, can we live alive without any purpose? See, the reason people are dragging through life, the reason the people have lost hope is they, they have no purpose. How do we get purpose? We humble ourselves with an attitude of repentance and insignificance in the presence of the Lord. And then He exalts us and He lifts us up and He gives us purpose. Ah, but it really does come back to us and our choice to, to listen, to obey, to submit, and to act all with a spirit of humility. Turn, turn with me to, to, to Mark chapter 10. This is great. This is a great passage. This is so good. Mark chapter 10. Mark this one down, man. Highlight this one. Circle it. It's, it's a great story. This is 46 through 48. And they came to Jericho, they meaning Jesus and his, his disciples. And as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, 
Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Of course he did. Right? We read this and it's like, of course he did. Because Bartimaeus, he had, he had faith that Jesus could heal his blindness. And he had to make a conscious decision, a conscious effort to do whatever it took to get into a submissive position and experience Jesus firsthand. But those around Bartimaeus, they didn't like it. They didn't want him to do it. Bartimaeus was being too loud. He's just being too energetic. He he was just he was making himself look like like there was no other way. But Bartimaeus knew that the opportunity was now. And these people around him, they rebuked him. And they tried to silence him. But because Bartimaeus had resolved in his mind that Jesus was his only option, he cried out from his spirit, Son of David! Have mercy on me. Let's see the rest of the story. And Jesus stopped and said, Call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up. He is calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. See, we all, each one of us, need to be a whole lot more like a blind beggar, don't we? Sometimes, it can be those that are around us that rebuke us and try to silence us in our, in our need, in our, in our desire, in our, in our submission to Christ. Sometimes that happens. But far more often, those voices that are rebuking and trying to silence us are the voices that are in our own head. Now in a minute, we will enter back into worship. And you will have an opportunity to, to make some choices. You will have an opportunity this morning to choose which voices you are going to listen to. I think my favorite part about this whole passage, all, I mean, there's so much good stuff going on, but if I had to pick one thing that's my all-time favorite in this, in this passage, it's, it's how Bartimaeus responds. Take heart. Get up. He is calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. I think he sprang up and he ran to Jesus. 
He sprang up. He sprang. He couldn't be contained. He jumped up. I'll be honest with you guys. I have no visual impairments, and yet I don't always spring up and run to Jesus when He is calling. Can you imagine just in that the act of faith that Bartimaeus? It's like the dude can't see, yet he's jumping up, throwing off his cloak, springing up, and he's running toward Jesus. What if there's a pole right there? Is anybody going to say anything? What if there's a hole he could fall in? Is anybody going to grab? He didn't care. He did not. When Jesus called him, nothing was going to stop him, and he didn't take his time. He didn't meander. Well, I need to pray about that just a little bit more. Maybe I could call so-and-so and we could all get together and pray. Is there a book I could read about this? Because this is all new to me. No, Jesus called him. He threw away anything that was going to hold him back. Sprang up and he ran to Jesus. So yeah, I'll be perfectly honest with you guys. When, when Jesus is, is calling me, when the Holy Spirit is prompting me, Sometimes I feel like the, the other people that were trying to silence Bartimaeus, not the one that's jumping up. Why not? Why not? Why aren't we the ones that jump up? What's, what's holding us back? Worship team, come on up. Yeah, there you are. I lost you, Dave. I didn't know if you were still in here or not. Yeah. So, so the question begins, do we feel alive in the hope of Christ? But then the question moves on to, why not? What is holding us back? So right now, bring the lights down. You're sitting there thinking, why does pastor have to throw these kind of messages at us? I get to deal with this all week long. I have been trying to rationalize this message all week long within myself. I have had to ask these questions every day within myself. Every time I think, man, I need to go through that message. Is, is this what God really wants? Are these the right scriptures? I have to read these words and I have to ask myself, why not? What is holding me back? What is keeping me from springing up? I don't have an excuse like Bartimaeus. I'm not, I'm not physically blind. Yet I believe there are many that are spiritually blind. And they're using that as a justification or as an excuse. So right now, ask yourself these. This is the last question. What action will you take in your submission? Remember, it's a submission of love. It's a submission of dependence. It's a submission of honor. God is calling us to that. Check your thought process right now. What are you thinking about? Are you rebelling? 
against this message against God's word right now saying saying well yeah that's good for a lot of people but I don't think I'm in that boat and and things like that what what is the Holy Spirit speaking to you right now and and how is your conscious thought process is it causing you to run to that or to resist that we're going to go into this we're going to go back into worship right now I'm going to invite, again, I just do what God asks me to do. I'm inviting every single person in this building, this sanctuary, I'm going to invite each and every one of you to the altar. Not, Not because you're messed up and broken, though you might be. I'm inviting each and every one of you to the altar because it's a place where God is calling us to. Yeah, but can't God call us in our seats? Yeah, absolutely. But when God says, I want, I want some altar time with people in this, in this body, I'm not going to be the one that gets in between that. I don't, know, I don't know why, but even saying that, I know my conscious thought process is trying to get in there saying, oh, Jason, you don't, 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 don't invite everybody to the altar. It gets awkward. Just resist that. Just talk about something happy. Can we talk about something happy? And I'm like, no, God. I'm going to follow you. Shut that process down. I'm going to take my thought process and I'm going to humbly submit it to God himself. And that allows me to understand that when God asks me to do something, I can't rationalize it away because I'm afraid of offending any one of you guys. I'm going to choose God every time because once I do, everything flows from that good. So as we go back into worship, I'm going to pray. We're going to worship. I'm going to invite you guys just to come forward and worship in the altar. Get with God. Submit to God. Humble yourself to God. Maybe you got to dump some stuff at the altar. Maybe you got to pick some stuff up. Maybe you got to pray with somebody. Maybe you got to ask forgiveness. Maybe you just got to shout out and glorify Jesus, the King of Kings, stuff that you may have never done before. Because I know the Spirit's calling us to that. And I know that our thought process has been getting in the way far too much lately. Fear comes in our thought process, not by way of the Spirit. Perfect love casts out fear, right? Jesus is the perfect love. He imparts that through the Holy Spirit. So the, the fear that we experience is coming through our thought process. We need to pull all that together, humbly submit it to God, and do what He is asking. So if everybody would stand up, we're going to pray together, and we're going to worship together. And I'm going to invite you to worship and to pray with me at this altar this morning. Father, wow, Father, what an amazing concept. What an amazing plan that you have for each one of us. For us to think that you created everything, but then desire us to turn our brain off. Lord God, that's what the enemy wants us to do. You want us to be actively engaged in our conscious thinking, to humble ourselves to humble those thoughts and submit them to you 
so that we can truly begin and to continue to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit as it is testified to in your word. God, we, we repent. We ask for your forgiveness yes. that we've made it about ourselves far too yes. often. That we have justified reasons why we can't do this or we shouldn't do that even though we know it's the Holy Spirit calling and, and, and giving to us. Lord God, we screw things up time and time again. We are sorry for that. But Lord God, this morning, let us each take a step in our walk in our faith process that begins to click together our spirit and our intellect so that our intellect will submit itself to you and that we can begin to hear the Holy Spirit in a whole new and incredibly complete way. Jesus, Jesus, we pray this in your mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. He is truly the only one who can. So, so whatever's going on in your life right now, if you're, if you're sitting here saying, man, I'm not living alive. I, I'm going through the motions. He's the one who can. Chase after him. As a body, we need to chase after him. The church. Yes cannot be stopped. The church cannot be thwarted by this world. When we listen to the Spirit, when we are led by the Spirit, and we have a thought process of humility and submission to the Holy Spirit. Guys, it's time. It's time to be alive. It's time to walk out in this community. And, and, and that aliveness blows people's minds. It makes them angry. It confuses them. Because, man, whatever they got, I want that. Let's be a church that is truly living alive. Amen? Heavenly Father, Lord, we call upon you. As we humble ourselves to you this morning, Jesus, we ask that you move us into such a great place of opportunity, not because of who we are, but because of who you are and your deep love for those that are apart from you. Lord God, let us be a force that is reckoned with in this evil, vile time and town that we live in. Lord God, give us the ears to hear. Give us the wisdom to process what you're telling us. Give us the boldness to direct our thought process to submission in you. And Lord God, give us the passion to do whatever it is that you call this little church in Helena, Montana to great things, Lord God. We're expecting great things. We pray in the mighty name of Jesus, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And everyone shout it out one last time. Amen. Let's, let's hang out. Let's love on each other. Let's go down and let's eat. Let's just do all of that good stuff. Amen. Amen.
This concludes today's message. We hope you can join us next Sunday for services beginning at 10 o'clock a.m. at Bridge Assembly located at 725 Granite Avenue in Helena, Montana. For more information about Bridge Assembly, go to bridgehelena.com. And we hope you can join us next Sunday with Pastor Jason Metz.